listening to the Simply 127 podcast, an entire podcast devoted to all things James 127. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Fintress, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Hey guys, this is Sarah Beth with the Simply 127 podcast and excited to have Cindy Finley with us today. Thanks for coming on the show, Cindy. Yeah, it's really my joy to be here. Thanks, Sarah Beth. Yeah, Cindy is the executive director of Rivercross and um, I just, we'll just jump right in. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. We'll start with that. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I am, I'm the executive director for Rivercross, but I'm also mom to seven and um, I feel and, like that needs a moment right there <laughs> just to say <laughs> it's a lot of fun and um, we we gave I gave birth to six children within seven years and then about seven years after that adopted our youngest and she's one year under so I've got seven kids within eight years of each other so that is impressive we I think we could just stop right there and call it a show yeah. <laughs> and then what about some other things your uh, family church work yeah yeah. History. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my husband and I, well, he grew up in Raleigh. I went to school in Raleigh and then we were away for 20 years and, um, church planting and seminary, church planting in Charlottesville, Virginia, came mm-hmm. back to Raleigh in 2011 and knew by that time we had brought our youngest daughter home and God had been stirring our hearts for orphans and vulnerable children for a number of years prior to that. Mm-hmm. And, I had this riding back on the plane with my daughter um, over the Atlantic Ocean. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, you've gone after the one, and now I'm going to invite you to go after the millions. Yeah, and I had no clue. I'm a mom, you know, with all these children. We're in church planting ministry, and it's like, what does that look like, you know? And so I sat with that for um, for a number of years, and then when we moved back into Raleigh, I knew I wanted to be in the nonprofit world, Mm -hmm. and um, so started going through trainings through a local organization currently called Mission Triangle. And it was there that I began to learn about um, best practices of nonprofits and um, began to act, got a job as a development director with the Women's Missionary Organization. And so did development work there for about a year and then um, and then left there, started doing contract work for other organizations. And it was then that the founder of Rivercross tapped me and asked me if I would do um, board governance work for her, um, fundraising work for her. And so I stepped on board in that capacity was how I first was introduced to Rivercross. Okay, so let's just jump right in with that. For those of us who might not know about Rivercross, can you just talk a little bit about mission, vision, like where you work, things like that? So with Rivercross, we believe that every vulnerable child needs a bridge to hope. Every vulnerable child needs hope that so because of the trauma that they have experienced, and it's this, it's really a downward spiral of trauma that um, that shuts their their heart down so often, mm-hmm. and they they lose hope 
and they find it very hard to be able to trust, trust in people and trust in God. And so what we're doing is building a bridge to hope so that these children can experience hope in this life and hope for the future as well. And what are some specific programs within that that kind of point people yeah. to that? So what we found out is that the trauma creates a barrier for the mm-hmm. gospel to be able to, to take root in the children's lives. And so what the children really need is somebody who's going to be alongside them and be able to walk with them on their trauma journey. And for the kids who were in Africa and um, in Southeast Asia and in other countries that are more developing countries, that um, the typical, what they they need is for their caregivers to be able to understand trauma and then to be able to walk with them on that journey. Mm -hmm. But our typical modalities for training and teaching are not effective in um, in story-centric cultures where literacy rates are typically low as well. Mm -hmm. So what we said was instead of saying we need to teach everybody to read before we deal with the trauma issue, let's harness the power of story and um, <laughs> and and use story as a mechanism for equipping um, these caregivers. So yeah, yeah, I love that. It's different than I think your cookie cutter model of helping vulnerable people. So I think it's a specific niche that you don't hear a lot about, maybe. Yeah. So what we say, if you if you can imagine a Venn diagram, is that our focus is our ministry focuses orphans and vulnerable children. Slide your next your next little circle in there, mm-hmm. and that circle is that our content is biblically-based trauma care, mm-hmm. and then your next circle in our methodology is a story-centric methodology, and where that little Venn diagram intersects is where Rivercross lives. I love it. I know, like, we kind of connected from the beginning of working with local people mm-hmm. who are doing the work and maybe just need more training, more assistance, so can you talk a little bit about your empowering locals to yeah. to do the work yeah, so so honoring culture is one of our five core values, and we do believe that the people who are alongside the children in the culture truly are the ones that are best positioned to be able to help these kids. And so we want to train and equip them to be able to do that, um, and that really is our heartbeat. And we've had just incredible stories of what yeah. the Lord has done as we have done that. So what are some ways, if you're working primarily with empowering locals, how can Americans really walk alongside you with River Cross? Like how are ways people can volunteer or get involved with what you're doing? Yeah. Well, another thing the Lord spoke to me years ago as well, during the same time period that we were bringing our daughter home, he whispered to me a phrase and the phrase is kitchen table abolitionist. <laughs> and um, and I didn't know what that meant either, sat with that for a number of years. And, um, and so with Rivercross, what we're doing is we have a way for people and regardless of where they are in their phase of life, whether they're moms at home with kids or whether they are, you know, working dads who have a, a heart for this cause to be able to do freedom work from from their their home regardless of their season of life. So if you have a passion for this area, if you have a passion for orphans and vulnerable children, I want to talk to you and find a place that you're going to fit in. Just helping connect people to how God's gifted them yep. and how they can get involved. And how they can doing. offer what they what the Lord has given them to the cause that they believe in. I love that. So we kind of glazed over, you know, God stirred in your heart, then you adopted, then you became an executive director. So what would you say to someone who maybe is where you were at that beginning? God's just stirring their heart. How do you get started? How, you know, what are some words of wisdom you would say to someone who 
is where you were yeah, at the well, beginning. Yeah, <laughs> well, I have a great deal of compassion for you because um, during this time period when I knew I wanted to work in the justice arena and um, and I knew that these children were, were just pressing on my heart and I was hearing the call of 143, 156 million, depending on what, <laughs> you know, stats you're reading today. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but they was like, what do I do with this? I don't know what to do with this. And I read a book that's been around for ages now and um, but the hole in the gospel, Richard Stearns, mm-hmm. and what um, by that time I was very familiar with all the stats on poverty, you know, all of that, all of the that content kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But what broke my heart was honestly God's call in Richard Stearns' life that they just walked into Lux and were like, "We want you to lead World Vision," and he was like, nah, "Don't really want to do that." And here I was saying, "Lord, I am ready to go. I'm ready to do. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm available." Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like I got crickets, and um, and so my what do I do with this passion? Yes, what do How I do with I this passion? It? And I would say just. You've got to continue to take it before the Lord and then take whatever the next faithful step is. Finding an organization, whether it's River Cross or 127 or Mm -hmm. some other organization, that you can begin serving in one way or another Mm -hmm. and learn, 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 and and just wait for God. You know, I often say God gives us a footlamp to our feet. He doesn't give us a floodlight. And so, fortunately, I know wouldn't that be cool? In some ways, it wouldn't be cool because then you're like, "Mm, not sure I want to go there. But um, but just take whatever that next faithful step is, and as He continues to stir your heart and be a learner, go after the skills, do the work. He'll show you the next step when it's time for you to know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I always like to say correct. That's a, a strong word, but like some people, I feel like. Um, I wish I'd learned some things along or I've learned some things along the way that I wish people would um, kind of pick up on a little faster. So yeah. now that you're not at the beginning, you're however many 15 years into your justice yeah. journey. What are some things that you've learned along the way that you might help make someone else's path a little bit easier? Yeah. Um, the first is I'd say that compassion fatigue is real. And um, you've got to care for your own soul. Mm. And when you are in this place where you're entering into super hard things that people are exist are are experiencing, mm-hmm. you're there because you love the Lord and you love people. Um, and it is so so difficult to not bear their burdens in your heart as if they are your own. But if you do that, what happens is you're really not able to walk alongside them. And Mm -hmm. God's grace is sufficient for them in their journey. It's not sufficient for you to live their journey. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to walk in compassion, and but also to be able to protect your own soul and recognize that you can't live out their journey for them. I think that we've talked a lot about burnout and compassion fatigue, just personally. I think that's something people in entering in don't really think about what how is this going to affect me 10 years down the road if I'm just trying to carry yeah everything so yeah that's really wise hey guys I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Cindy she just mentioned compassion fatigue so I wanted to remind you episode three I interviewed my friend Eleanor Wells and we talked for the whole episode about compassion fatigue so make sure you go and check that out if you haven't already listened 
For the remainder of our conversation, we're going to talk about collaboration among ministry leaders, rooting for rivals, networking opportunities, and continuing ed opportunities. I'm hoping some of you might be interested in learning more about nonprofit management, nonprofit leadership, and she will give some great resources for you to check out further. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about just collaboration with nonprofits in Raleigh and how it seems that the culture is different now. I've I started a nonprofit in Atlanta, moved to Nashville, and all great cities. But what would you say just about the nonprofit culture here and um, and this collaboration and rooting for each other? It's a beautiful thing, and I love mm-hmm. what you're rooting for each other. And Peter Greer's book, Rooting for Rivals, is mm-hmm. a is a great book on this topic. Um, we are blessed to be able to have an organization locally called Mission Triangle mm-hmm. that does train and equip nonprofits, Christian nonprofits, and best practices so that passion can be married with best practices for mm-hmm. excellence in ministry. And in the context of that, many of us have met each other and and um, and we see um we're 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 opened up to the beauty of a kingdom mindset that is not one of scarcity but is one where we don't have to compete for dollars we can collaborate for causes and that. Um, and that has been i totally believe in that and that it is so kingdom minded so for Sarah Beth and I and for others who are in the area to meet and talk and um, and to share resources and to problem solve together um, i do think it is a it is a, a beautiful thing that the lord is doing here yeah, and it seems like in ministry, a lot of times that is the least place that things like this happen, yeah. which it shouldn't be. We should be all like we're on the same team. We're rooting, yes. you know, going for the same thing. So yeah, yeah, um, that's interesting that just a little spin that we've put on that. Yeah. Um, and I think in today's culture, that's just so unusual, too, that um, People kind of want to hoard. If I find something good, I want to make sure I can keep it for myself. So. Yeah, and it's so non-kingdom. And you know, yeah. this is the the kingdom is about working, not you know, not about our divisions and our our organizations, but about how we can operate together to see God's kingdom advance on the earth. Yeah. Um, again, I'm going to switch a little bit. I know we've met at some conferences, KFO yeah. and Christian Leadership Alliance. So yeah. talk about this idea of like. Uh, we don't really have continuing education in our field, but those yeah. kind of serve as that. So like a network of people that you have across the United States yeah. and what, how you would encourage people to be plugged in. Yeah. Well, the two that you mentioned, CLA, Christian Leadership Alliance, and Christian Alliance for Orphans are are really, and, and World Without Orphans as well. Those are, are sort of three constituency groups and the Mission Triangle locally. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Leadership Alliance does have a nonprofit credentialing program that I went through. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's something that I would suggest to, that's a, that's a next step that somebody who is interested in this world mm-hmm. can can go through this credentialing process with Christian Leadership Alliance, mm-hmm. and um, it's just it's good basics in um, in nonprofit development and stewardship and staff leadership and all these different kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and read, 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 you know, <laughs> listen to podcasts. There's no reason why somebody can't be a self-learner and um, in this. You don't have to get your MBA. You don't, not that that wouldn't be helpful, um, yeah. but there is so much that you can learn. Um, there's a book called Traction 
that has mm-hmm. been very beneficial for me and for our team that is basically establishing, it's called an entrepreneurial operating system, where you look at six key components and you make sure that you've got those key components in order and then it helps you make sure. And my favorite quote from it is that um, vision without traction is just hallucination. <laughs> and so, so that makes sure be a everybody's book. going, moving in the same direction and yeah, that you've got, there's your, accountability built into that as yeah, well. Yeah. And even with your, your hires and your fires and your evaluations that, mm-hmm. that you're, you're doing those in a way that make, that make sure that you've got the right people on the right seats on your bus. Yeah. What are some things that you're excited about, either for Rivercross or personally? Yeah. What are some things on the horizon? Well, our big goal for this year is to equip 100 new caregivers um, in trauma-informed care. And that's a big goal. <laughs> it is a big goal, and we're super excited. We have um, we have a, a national coordinator. Well, he's actually national director now. We've just renamed him as a national mm-hmm. director in Zambia, and he is doing incredible work. And um, we are working in Lusaka. Anybody who's familiar with Zambia, Lusaka, Livingston, the Copper Belt, and then up along the border of the Congo in um, in one of the refugee settlements out there. We've got a new new um, trained facilitator in Zimbabwe who is just doing he's he has already he has um, 350 children that are being impacted by the numbers of leaders that he has equipped mm-hmm. and he has a men's group that has come together that um, has said look we are we want to go through this training because not that women can't abuse children, but that there are so many men who are abusing children, Mm -hmm. and we want to do what we can to reverse that. And so men will be a blessing to the children in our community rather than a curse to the children in our community. That is great. So equipping 100 new caregivers is our big goal. We're super excited about that. And here in the U.S. as well, we're doing work, I think you mentioned, but in um, with the local refugee ministry to -hmm. equip their staff in trauma-informed care. So we'd like to see that multiple apply um, wherever there are refugee ministries across our country that we're able to come alongside. Yeah. And you have a, it's unique that you have a, domest- a domestic piece to yeah. it, and then you have an international piece yeah. as well. So. One thing I don't know that we made clear, but is that our um, we our resource is a our, our training tool is story centric. It actually is a radio drama, an audio drama. If anybody's familiar with Adventures in Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, we act, we take our core content, our learning objectives, we give them to a a staff writer with focus on the family mm-hmm. and he or she writes our scripts and then we go to production in London at a st- soundhouse studios in London and so it 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 sounds like I mean it is so well done yeah. um, and I would say that if you um, if you want to listen to it and um, I'm sure we'll give contact information mm-hmm. and I would be happy to share with you a link so that you're able to listen to the programs yeah that was an actually another thing is how can people connect with you if anything that you said they have questions or want to just more information about Rivercross yeah how can people reach out to you yeah so our website is rivercross rivercrossglobal.org mm-hmm. and then we've got contact you know a contact sheet on there and um, but then you can also reach out to me directly and my email address is c my name is Cindy Finley so my email address is c 
F-I-N-L-E-Y at rivercrossglobal.org. Okay. And we'll put all that in the show notes okay. among the books and other things that you yeah. mentioned. You give, you've given us a lot of resources. Is there anything else? I know you just, you went to um, Zambia a couple yeah. of months ago, maybe a story to inspire, to encourage um, as we wrap up the the podcast, yeah. Well, there's you know we we will we, when we started this out, we thought caregivers, people who are working in children's homes with orphans, mm-hmm. was what you know that was the target. But what we have found, and anybody who's done any traveling knows that orphans and vulnerable children are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um and so the program our our program has attracted many more people other than just those who are working in orphanages or children's homes. Mm-hmm. And so this group of Widows um, came together. One of them had been trained with us as a facilitator, and she gathered her friends who were in a two-mile walking distance from where she was, and she said, okay, once a week you come, and we're going to listen to this together. She had it on a solar-powered MP3 player. <laughs> and so it. these precious women walked two hours and came seven weeks in a row and listened to the 30-minute episode, talked about it, did all the discussion, mm-hmm. went back home, came back the next week, did that seven weeks in a row. And at the end, they're invited to develop their own personal strategy and then a community strategy, a corporate strategy for what do they what they do next. Well, what these women decided they were going to do is start walking to all the villages within a two-hour radius of, um, of where they were meeting. And so they started doing that, and they started raising awareness with the village elders of what was happening. They started um, advocating for the children and talking about what the children are experiencing and what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And then they became activists to be able to see children actually rescued. They were able to Widows bring— Widows that are yes, advocating yes. for vulnerable people. Yes, <laughs> and they, they've been able to see men brought before the elders and um, and children be become safe as a result of that. And, and what this one woman said to me, this one precious widow, she said, women, she said, Cindy, we were women of no account. And now we are women to be counted. That Isn't that cool? That is like a good place to stop this conversation. I yeah. think we can just turn everybody loose and, and go from there. Yeah, because we all want to be counted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this time. And um, just God bless what River Cross is doing and just excited to continue to hear stories and and walk alongside of you too so yeah thanks so much Sarah Beth yeah check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127 podcast and tune in next time to learn how others tangibly live out James 127 every day day